Today is the start of Lent. And so we start this Lenten season, which is again a time of conversion, a time of preparing ourselves for the coming of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Uh, We do this by many different things. One of those is by starting by Ash Wednesday, by setting the tone in some ways. Now, interestingly enough, uh, Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation, but people really like coming to Ash Wednesday. They like getting ashes, I guess. I don't know. There's something about uh, repentance that I think strikes true with human beings, that we know that the world is really messed up. And a lot of the times we're going to spend a lot of our time complaining about everybody else and that the world is really messed up. But when we think about it, we also know that we're pretty messed up, that we also need some change in our own life. Ultimately, as a Christian, we recognize this, that, you know, the world, we do live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's fallen and that bad things have happened from the very beginning of Cain and Abel, continue to happen and will continue to happen. And we can't control that. Because God has given us free will, and we violated it, and we sin, and we continue to sin. However, the only thing that we can control is ourselves. And that's why we come here today. We come here today to maybe not change all of the world, but hopefully start that change in ourselves, which I think does start to change the world. That's where it begins. And so the church gives us certain things to be able to help in that change, certain practices which are tried and true. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Now the church doesn't, uh, makes it actually pretty easy for us, (laughs) all things considered. Just giving up meat on Ash Wednesday and every Friday of Lent, uh, that's not that difficult. In fact, it's not even all meat per se, it's red meat. So we can still eat fish and, and seafood and, and uh, some other rodents down in South America that they've qualified as, you know, not uh, as a fish. But anyways, um, so we try to make it pretty general. You know, it's not that difficult for that. We only have to fast two days out of the year, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And that's eating uh, one normal sized meal with two other meals being smaller than the combined size of that. Not that difficult. Um, it also is only obligatory for those who are over 18 and I think under the age of 60 or 65. Um, and if you're sick for any reason, if you have any sort of ailment, you're, 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 you're good. You're in the clear. You don't need to fast. But I'd encourage us is the reason why the church gives us these, these kind of standards, again, is not to, be, not to be put burdens on us, but it's to help, help us. And so hopefully when we receive these different things, we receive them not as burdensome, but as something that helps us to grow. Something that, you know, maybe we wouldn't do otherwise. But yet now is the time to be able to do that. And so prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So the church obligates us in fasting and abstinence in those specific ways. But then we also have the opportunity to ourselves decide certain things. Now, I think fasting uh, is is really well known. Most of us, that's what we jump to. I'm going to give up chocolate. I'm going to give up sweets. I'm going to give up, uh, I don't know, something else. You know, like we understand that kind of aspect. And I remember growing up and that was the main aspect that I focused on because that's easy. It's easy to be able to say, I'm going to give up something. But fasting shouldn't be just about giving up to get greater self-control or give up something. Uh, I know sometimes people give up sinning, uh, certain sins as well. Like, no, no, no. All the time we give up sin, okay? Well, Lent is, not, Lent is not a time to give up sin. We give up sin all the time. 
Uh, Lent is a time to sometimes maybe certain things that lead us into sin, okay? So if something leads you into sin, maybe you want to get rid of that. Maybe alcohol is something that you notice that whenever you use alcohol, it doesn't have good consequences. Well, alcohol in itself isn't a sin to drink. It is when we drink too much of it. But maybe during this Lent, we say, am I free from that? That attachment, okay? That has some sort, serves some sort of purpose as a whole. So that's one aspect. We also want to, uh, not just fasting again to give up some, but, but to have some sort of good. So uh, for myself, one of the things that I'm going to give up, and I've talked about this before, is entertainment, social media, uh, using any games or anything else. And, uh, and so my main purpose for fasting in those ways is so that I have more time for people. I have more time for prayer because now I can't use that excuse at the end of the day and say, oh, he's too busy. Uh, I need to look at my life and be able to say, no, I do have time for prayer. I just don't always use my time well. So where's the problem? The problem isn't with my day. The problem isn't with things to do. The problem is my proper ordering of my life. And so during this Lent, I'm going to make a more hearty effort to give up those things so that I can focus on the things that are most important. So that gives me prayer, right? So my fasting is connected with prayer. Okay? And that's a really good way to think about it as well, is that we should offer our fasting with some sort of prayer. One of the other ways that's really helpful is uh, fasting, if we're giving up some sort of fasting, maybe we are giving up chocolate. Okay, great. I'm really addicted to chocolate and I need to give up chocolate. Okay, great. Good. Give up chocolate and make it attached to some sort of prayer as well. To say, every single time that I want chocolate and I say no, I'm going to pray for this individual uh, that needs my prayers. Okay, boom. All of a sudden, it takes something that's just fasting and just is self-focused and all of a sudden has made it an act of love. Because we know that fasting uh, cries out to God in a more powerful way. So when we pray, we're always communicating with God. But when we fast and pray, uh, God hears our prayers sooner. Or sooner, there's an aspect of them being more powerful, okay? Just as a holy person, their prayers are more uh, powerful. And so when we fast and pray, those work really well together, okay? And so I'd encourage us to think about that. However, the last one, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Almsgiving is kind of tacked on there. However, I would say in some ways is probably the most important almsgiving. What does that mean? Well, a lot of times it's, it's associated with just giving money away, giving to charity. I would actually say in some ways, giving to church isn't the same way, same, same thing as almsgiving. Almsgiving is particularly connected with giving money to the poor, giving our goods to the poor, giving our time to the poor. That's almsgiving. Now, there are many different poor. There are uh, physically poor, There's also spiritually poor, uh, emotionally poor, and so we can certainly serve in those type of ways as well. But it's giving, especially especially money, almsgiving. And the church speaks about this as one of the greatest ways to cancel. So almsgiving can cancel out a multitude of sins. Why? Well, because often we actually place money as a god. We see this in Scripture all over the place. Do not make mammon, which is a funny name for money, make mammon our God. We cannot serve God and mammon, okay? So whenever we place money as more important than God, we run into some issues. And so what does almsgiving does? It right away takes that God of money and says, you know what? Love is more important. I'm not going to place my security and my love in money. 
I'm going to put it in love of neighbor. Okay? And so I would encourage us, especially during the season, uh, to think about almsgiving. Now, hopefully you do give something to the church here. And actually, we, give, we try to give away 50% of everything that's donated here at this chapel. We try to give 50% of that to other donations, to other charities. Okay? Thankfully, uh, you're generous enough to be able to do that. However, I would encourage each one of us not to just give when you go to church. Okay? Again, this should be an activity that we do and we intentionally choose. And so I hope all of you have a charity that you choose to give money to, and especially during this Lenten season, to make a special act of that, a special act of almsgiving. Um, Ultimately, uh, there's a beautiful phrase, and I, I think it was Fulton Sheen, but I'm not exactly sure, somebody else, but we shouldn't judge our giving by how much we give, by how mu- but by how much we have left over. Okay? Right? Someone, a millionaire giving $5,000 isn't, is a lot, but, but not that much. But the poor widow giving her last two pennies away is much more, much more of a gift of love. And so we don't judge by, oh, I've given enough. Well, how much do we have left over, right? That's kind of what we want to look at during this Lenten season. All right, so what is Lent for? We've talked about those different practices. Practically speaking, those are the practical things that we want to think about. However, like I spoke about last weekend, all of it is ordered towards love. Willing the good of the other for the other's sake. And so your Lenten practices, if they're not helping you grow in charity, if they're not helping you to grow in love of God and neighbor in a greater way, reevaluate them. If they're just a New Year's resolution, reevaluate them. They should be ordered towards love, a greater love of God and neighbor. That's what we're doing this Lent. That's what we're journey we're starting because hopefully at the end of these 40 days, we are a different person than when we started. That we're more in love with God and our neighbor than we were when we started. How much you put in is going to depend on how much you get out. If you put in a lot, you're going to get a lot out. If you put in a little, you might not be that much different at 40 days. And so I encourage us to, this is our our starting day. Uh, We're going to have some ups and downs. We're going to have some failures and successes. That's okay. Just keep on trying, right? Every single day is a new day. And uh, and so let us uh, begin this day with that proper penance. We'll now uh, distribute the ashes. And so as you come up, uh, again, there's two different phrases. I'm going to use mostly repent and believe in the gospel. And I think that's a beautiful uh, just call of conversion for us. And so let us ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to guide us during this Lenten season, this day, to continue to guide us every day.